everybody. Welcome to It May Interest You to Know, Tony Marcolini. I'm joined with my co-host, Seamus McDonough. Uh, and a very special guest is with us today. Uh, her name is Samantha Jones. She is, I like to call her the improv queen. Uh, she, she has her own improv studio, which we're going to get into, but she's also an actress and a director. And uh, you've seen her on a ton of uh, projects that I hope she's going to talk to us about today as well. So welcome, Samantha. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Seamus. Nice to meet you. Nice so to meet you. <laughs> let's go way back to the beginning of your career. Um, you're, are you trained in improv? Uh, yeah, I, I studied, well, I studied acting. I was trained in acting for about 10 years. Wow. Um, and in there, uh, improv jumped in when I was in college. So that's when I studied improv. And from there, I think you started doing some stand-up comedian stuff. Am I right? Yes. I remember first, I remember first knowing, coming to know who you were as a stand-up comic. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it's my mother forced me to do stand-up. It was, you know, I mean, I had no plan. You know, I was like, you know, I started studying acting when I was 14. I went to performing arts high school in the city. And it was all very serious and method and all of these things. And then... I went to college and I continued studying and then I started getting into comedy and hosting shows and doing improv and things like this. And then I graduated and my mother was like, well, there's a comedy club around the corner, so get to work. And I, I guess she, she thought those were the same thing. And, and so I was like, I stand up, what am I doing? So, so she made me do it. And I went and I, there was a, a funniest college kid competition and at Stan at New York. And I went and I was like, well, I guess I'll sign up for this. So I signed up and I'm doing the show with like this guy who I was friends with. I went to, to junior high school and high school with him and I always had a crush on him. And he was in the show too. And I hadn't seen him since high school. And it was just this kind of like weird nervousness that came on on top of the stand-up, like that's never done before. So, you know, he was there. I think it was his first time doing stand-up. It was my first time doing stand-up. And um, he ended up winning the competition. And I came in second. <laughs> Did it bond you? Did it bond you? It, it did. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he remembers it. I mostly remember it because it was just so horrific. You know, um, stand-up is something that always scared me to death. And because of that, I did it for 15 years until I could figure out how to get good at it. And once <laughs> I figured that out, then I stopped doing it. <laughs> I was like, that's enough. <laughs> now, You've, you've done, before I get into the acting, I mean, you've actually trained other people to do improv successfully. Yes. Um, yeah. D.L. Ugly, am I right? Didn't you do a little something with D.L. Ugly? Oh, I did. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I helped him, I helped him a little bit adapt to, he was doing a talk show format for CNN and, you know, kind of like adapting from being a stand-up comedian into being like an interviewer and getting comfortable with that format. And we used some improv in that um, for the pilot of that show, which was great. Um, yeah. Now, can you explain to uh, the audience who maybe doesn't truly get what improv is? Because I mean, it's an art form unto itself. Uh, can you give your best uh, definition? Sure. Um, in terms of improv, the way we know it today in the world and television and comedy, um, it's basically just playing. 
and it's playing games that are structured around scene work. So, you know, we, we would get maybe, there, some of the games have rules, some of the games don't have any rules, but there are certain rules to playing in general that are always true, like saying yes to everything in a scene. You never say no, you avoid arguments, any conflict, you just are constantly saying yes. And just that alone is com comedic. Um, and often people think you have to be funny to do improv and it turns out you don't. It's just, it's absurd anyway. So you don't have to make it funny or even be a funny person to do it. It's just a sort of a natural way of being that we forget about when we become adults. And totally unscripted. Totally unscripted. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes though in the business, you know, you, you think you watch something on television or you see something live that you think is fully improvised. And sometimes it's not, you know, <laughs> sometimes there's, there's, there's callbacks. I can tell because I've been teaching it for 30 years now and doing it for so long. I can tell if things have been done before where as other people wouldn't be able to tell. So um, when I teach, my whole thing is, is always keeping it really unscripted, really unplanned, and being 100% present in the moment all of the time. So you can't even think ahead in the scene. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like no, no, no planning at all. Well, I'm, I'm an attorney, as you know, uh, and for me, it's all about the planning. Uh, right. So for me, it's all it's all about the planning. I mean, even when you're going to question a witness, it's all about being, you know, a thousand steps ahead of, you know, I'm asking questions and I'm intending to lure you to point, you know, B. Right. I'm intending to get you to say something. So for me, it's all about uh, planning out, you know, what's going to happen next. And that, I think that's such a, a, a weird feeling to be in a situation where I'm just going to be present in the moment. I'm not going to think ahead. I'm not going to have a motivation uh, to where I'm taking us in, in my brain. I, I think that would be really hard. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard, but it's also your intuition, right? Which I'm sure serves you in your field. So, so what you do is you end up fully relying on your intuition, fully relying on your senses so that, um, it, it's just, it's sort of just like a, a bag of tools that people don't use all of the time or sometimes ever anymore. So when you get to do it, you know, it's, it's kind of a gift and it, and it makes you even more for planning work or non-planning work, you're more sensitive. Ooh, I think we lost Seamus. I see him. There's a hand up. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> so that cuts out manipulation. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, well. though, though, I mean, like if I'm teaching, for example, I can get up in a scene to, to show an example up to the students, let's say, and I'm doing a scene with somebody, and I can now direct and teach while performing, if that makes any sense, because I can manipulate a scene because I know how to do it you know, and I know how to, to make someone, you know, like if I'm doing a scene with somebody and, and I say, you know, pass the carrots and then they say, well, I don't have any carrots. And I just say, yes, you do. 
(laughs) And then they go, oh, yes, I do. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so there's our ways to manipulate when you're teaching, you know, just to remind people of certain techniques. But once they fully let go of, of any kind of planning, it's remarkable what comes up. Wow. I mean, we've got like bags of gold of our whole lives, all of our life experiences that are just sort of waiting for their 15 minutes of fame or whatever it is. And, and improv really gives you that opportunity to dig that stuff up. That makes me nervous. <laughs> Good. It should. It should. You should always be a little afraid. Right, Tony? Yeah. I guess, I guess. I, I think I think stage fright makes you the, the best that you can be. I think that's true. I can remember times where I had the most stage fright, like for, but right before I, I let's say I would start questioning a witness that I had to get, right? I mean, yeah, ha- I had to lead them someplace or I was just going to go down in flames and I knew what I wanted to get out of that person. And I would get a little stage fright before I began because it truly was all about getting them there. Of course. Uh, right? of it's, course. Like the, it's like Tom Cruise in the movie when they're like, if you don't think you can get him, you know, when he's going to question Jack Nicholson, then don't go there. And it was all about going for it when you know you can get the person. And I remember having like stage fright. That little stage fright made me even better. Yes, of course. Being a little bit afraid. And then also, um, like, this is why I, I, I was terrible at stand up for so long. It's because it was so planned. Um, not that, I mean, as an actor, of course it's planned. I have a script. In stand-up, you kind of write your own script. Um, or in my case, I would like memorize these jokes and, and, I, and I had this wall between me and the audience. So I was too rehearsed. Um, but when you're being a lawyer, I would imagine that just your personality, just your little ways, your, your cutiness and all your things can come to play and and that works as well besides what you're saying right oh like absolutely. Well, yeah when you're questioning somebody too you have to i would get to know absorb myself and what that person's character was by talking to other people uh you know in advance who knew the person so you knew what their trigger points were going to be and um wow. You know, whether they were uh, uh, self-absorbed, uh, you know, what kind of character they have, what buttons you could push to get what you wanted out of them, how they would be perceived by any, a question you would ask and then how they would answer that. Ooh, I so like All of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're a writer. <laughs> can, I, can I say, Samantha? You have blown my mind with that, what you just told, uh, revealed to us. Blown I my did? Yes. Seamus, have I, you ever done improv? Never, never. Well, Seamus is, is a retired boxer. Uh, he fought Holyfield uh, and, uh, you know, really rose to the top of his game. Uh, and since then, he's been doing a little bit of acting, too. Oh, well, that's great. Now, Seamus, when you were boxing, isn't there improv involved? Yes, it's all improv, I guess, in boxing. Yes, yeah. it is. It, it's oh. all improv, right? Because you don't know what the hell's going to happen ever, mm. Mm. right? Ever, ever. Right. You just have to hope that you have enough skills to be able to rise to the challenge, right? But the ones, the, the ones who, who succeed, the, the uh, who do the best, are the ones who are rehearsed the most. Yes, or, or yeah. yeah, right. Like your muscles are are rehearsed the most, exercised yeah. the most, and, and you know yeah. how to do this exactly. jab and that jab, right? Yeah. So that's how I, when I'm working with anybody in any field, improv applies to all of it, because it's mm. really about 
it's really about exercising your instrument mm. so that you know how to listen, you know how to receive, you know how to see, you know how to react quickly. Mm. And then whatever comes <laughs> at you, it doesn't matter. And that's the same with improv. But do you think we can, can control reactions? You mean manipulate other people? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You're yeah, into that, aren't you? <laughs> We're, we're all beginning to worry. <laughs> You're talking about hypnosis. Um, uh, can we control, can we manipulate? Okay, to ask me again the question, what do you mean? Give me a scenario. Well, do you think we can control our reactions? Someone, someone uh, who we have history with comes along, uh, says something that bothers me, can I control my reaction or not? I guess I can in some degree not, not overreact, but it, I'm personally, it's called overreaction because it's basically, I can't control it. Well, then probably you're just not trained to react differently. Mm. Right? In that scenario, Tony, wouldn't you say he needs to meditate? Yeah, yeah, he and he meditates all the time. Actually, <laughs> well, that's good. So then, meditating. So um, maybe you need, maybe you need to practice it a bit more, so that because isn't the goal of meditating to be non-reactive in scenarios? The goal of meditation is to empty your brain completely of everything, so you don't react. Right, so yeah, but can, it is mind control. Correct? Yeah. Well, again, in, in, in essence, it is. It's about mm -hmm. being able to respond, being more now, so you can respond to now rather than react based on the past. Being present, right? Being yeah. present, yeah. being in this yeah. moment, right? So then if yeah. someone comes along and it's, you're, you're at a family holiday and there's old Uncle Larry who drives you crazy, you know, you, you are able to draw upon that meditative state where you're present in the moment where you're dealing with only the moment and not how Uncle Larry punched your Aunt, Aunt Brazelda last Christmas, <laughs> you're present. You're dealing with Larry in this moment. So mm. you're able to react to what, what in fact is happening now. Whereas mm. I think what you're describing is almost like, I've got this long history with you. Oh no, here's my ex. I can't yeah. deal with it. You know, yeah. and now there's a whole barrel of baggage coming with just my interaction yeah. with this person. Yeah. I guess it is, is is managing my reactions, huh? Wow. Well, yeah, or or managing just managing your presence, making sure you're present, mm. like you're like make mm. sure you're here. If you're here and someone's coming up to you and they're going to knock you mm. in the shaz, then you react as you should, mm. right? Mm. But if someone just comes yep. up and is like, "How you doing, Seamus?" <sighs> you know, yeah. just take that for what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Um, wow. So I also, you uh, you worked, uh, if we could talk about one or two more people you trained, and then I want to get into some of your acting experiences and your, your present school for improv. Um, you I worked with Missy Pyle. Didn't you train her as well? Well, Missy and I worked on developing a one-woman show, which is another oh. piece of what I do. Um, I did... I did four solo shows over the years. And at some point, people started asking me to help them do it. And I was like, why are you asking me? What do I know? But it turns out I know a lot. And so um, I would say Missy and I worked together on, on um, she wrote, writes a lot of music, a lot of original music. 
And then we would work on the storytelling pieces that went in, in between. So we could do improvisational like prompts, things I would give her that would get her writing and pull out certain elements of her storytelling for, for the in-between stuff of her show, which was really fun. I, I mean, I use improv kind of in everything I do when I'm coaching people. So yeah, in theory, but she wasn't in my improv class. It was one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, you actually have a whole school dedicated to improv now, right? Hudson Hudson Valley. Hudson Valley Improv. Yeah, right. So when I was Tell teaching us. in the city, so I taught in the city for, I don't know, however long it was, 20, 24 years or something. And then I was reunited with an old flame from college and I moved up into the woods, 90 <laughs> minutes outside of the city. And I was like, well, that's the end of improv. And um it was the middle of winter and we live in an old farmhouse. And I was like, well, no one's going to want to do it here. And bit by bit, as I started meeting people, it turned out people did want to do it. And, um, and, and just organically to meet what it was people wanted to do around here, it ended up being an improv studio. So we have classes. It's all pretty much adults. That's always been who I've taught and who I've liked to teach. Not that I don't like kids, but I love, adults are the most uncomfortable with themselves. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's mostly adult classes. And then we do live shows when it's not COVID. Um, we thought we might be starting doing that again soon. And yeah, so we have that. And now my partner teaches too, and he's all into it. And we have a house team. And they've been improvising all through COVID on Zoom, which was astounding to me because I was like, listen, guys, if you don't want to do this, I understand. And they were like, no, we really need to do it. And every week they have met for the last year and a half online, creating original games and doing online shows. Um, so people keep wanting to do it, you know, so I keep doing it, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it hudsonvalleyimprov.com that's that's, that's, <laughs> no, it, that's great yeah that's great yeah Seamus were you trying to say something no okay. <laughs> 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 you're improving. I like that I love, uh, it. I love it so I, I I know that COVID really did impact all businesses I mean, you were able to take it to this new format and literally you still were able to do it via Zoom, all right? Is that right? I mean, that's pretty much... Yeah, I mean, I really didn't think it was going to be fun at all. And um, so what I did was I took some other people's improv classes in other other formats, other schools, other, other people were trying to figure things out on Zoom. And it was great. It was fine. And, and but I, but... For me, it's such an intuitive process to do improv and to, to teach improv. I wanted to make sure the connection was there. And it turns out it, it worked. And I taught my first class online and it was powerful and everybody was, you know, red in the face and sweaty at the end, which is all I want. And everybody, you know, goes to sleep afterwards with their beds right next to them, which was very nice, you know. <laughs> Um, but that was, that was a process of, of me sort of experimenting with it. And we started to look at the Zoom box as a prompt. So in our games, we would start doing things like, you know, passing things from, from box to box. Like I have, I have a pen and I go like this to you. And then all of a sudden you pick up a pen in your picture 
Ah. And, and so we started to play around with what can you do rather than, mm -hmm. you know, what can't we do? And that's been really nice because, you know, you can do it anywhere. So it's been fine. Mm. Okay. Wow. So you've also uh, done, did you share, share am, I, am I imagining it? Are you trying to talk? I mistakenly raised my hand again. Sorry. <laughs> You're killing me, James. <laughs> follow on what Samantha was saying about, about the games. I had this hand come in from the side. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Doing a bit oh of improv. God. So funny. Yes. Yeah. Zoom's actually, you know, they've come up with a lot of things that you can really play with, you know, like all the backgrounds and you can put mustaches on your face now and sure. a beard. Have you guys done that? I mean, that's. No, we, we, we shy away from that here. <laughs> Oh, why? Oh, you'd be great with a mustache, Tony. Just yeah, like a little evil mustache. Yeah, give me a look. Sure. And it moves with your face. It's great. <laughs> crazy backgrounds. Make sure you make like we're in France. And yes, yeah, yes, I like yes. I love that. I'm like, oh, I wonder who was thinking of that. Maybe an improviser put that together. On I used to torture my goddaughter and be and, and say like, hey, we're gonna have English Day. You know, and the whole day we have to talk with an English accent. Right. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah, and she she didn't think so. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would think yeah. she'd love it, or she could maybe she couldn't do it. No, she could do it. She just found me annoying at that age. Oh, <laughs> oh no, how heartbreaking. <laughs> but, but it'd be like, everything be like, would you like a spot of tea? You know, and I, and I wanted to go throughout the whole day like that. And she'd be like, stop. Oh, no. Stop. I'd be Tell like, you stop. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard to stay the whole time <laughs> in my cabin. Eventually, she broke me down. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but we should go back to doing that here, Seamus and I. We should pick, like, somebody and, like, we'll do the whole interview with, like, you Frank totally should We should. We should. Yes, you absolutely should. You should uh, absolutely we'll make, make all of your people you're interviewing completely confused and uncomfortable and see what comes out of them. <laughs> Perplexed but intrigued. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Seamus, I love your accent so much. Isn't that nice uh, you have that? Your accent's so great. Hey, Shirley, what about you? That's not even my accent. My accent is, I have this mixed, I've been here 30 years in this country, so I have the Irish and English, not yes. in the English, the Irish and the Irish-American, or the Irish in America accent now, whatever that is. Well, it sounds Irish. <laughs> <laughs> that but i've been told uh well yeah I, i'm gonna believe you samantha <laughs> yeah it sounds so good i love it. it's like one of my favorite favorite dialects i love it so oh, good. Good. <laughs> Kenneth, the story is <laughs> <laughs> so good so samantha talk to us about some of your acting experiences i know you were in the pilot for bull and you were yes. brilliant. You were brilliant. Thanks all. Thank you. I love that. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, was you, yeah, you played this uh, character who was the, the head of the jury. Uh, very, very hard woman to read, which I thought really brings the whole show together, right? It was really about understanding who's sitting on your jury and <laughs> being able yeah. to read. Yeah. yeah, well, especially for you, you must have loved that. I mean, for me, it was a whole process. I've never been picked for a jury. As soon as I tell them I'm an actor, they're like, you're dismissed. <laughs> Don't feel bad, no one wants me either. 
Oh, good. Oh, I'm sure. As I say, I'm a lawyer. I'm dismissed as well. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that whole thing was interesting. (laughs) What'd you say, Seamus? Sorry. I tell them I'm a boxer and they say, they they don't want. (laughs) (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. (laughs) You knew I was lying. You knew I was lying. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was a whole pretty interesting premise, I thought, that you would have a fake jury that you practice on, and then the real jury. Well, there's so much to it. As I was saying earlier, when you're anytime you're you're looking for a particular outcome, you have to know who your audience is. So you mm-hmm. want to pick an audience that's going to be most sympathetic uh, to your position. So you know, yeah. going into ahead of time, you know, you're looking for more women, older women, younger women, m- men, professionals, blue collar. You kind of have a profile already in place as to who you think will be the most, you know, empathetic to your position. Especially if you have a, a bad position going in, <laughs> all right? Especially if, you know, the average person isn't going to be empathetic to your client's story. Um, so you may need to go around picking people who you, you will get a break in the armor with. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine so. And so so then I was playing this this character that was viewed as sort of the queen of the jury. Like everybody was going to listen to her. Um, which I and there's was, always one. There is? Th- yeah, there's, so there's always one dominant person. Uh, huh. Oftentimes, you know, sometimes you get a few and that's how you get hung juries. Oh. <laughs> With everybody <laughs> arguing in the back, no one will give in. Uh, right. Usually there's a queen bee or a king or a king, a king bee. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it, I suppose. Yeah, and you just did a brilliant job, I thought, of bringing that to life on Bull. Oh, thank you. Well, it was interesting. Um, Rodrigo Garcia was the director on that, and he was just so great. You know, such a good, and also Michael Weatherly is like heaven to work with. And so um, aware of the experience of everyone on set, not just himself, which which I was really appreciative of, because that was probably 10 days of shooting and a lot of, you know, time in between as they set up and all these different things. And he, he sat in the room with the jury hanging out in between and talking and being normal. And, and, um, you know, they had to do, there was one moment where they needed to do all of my reaction shots to like four different things that happened in the jury, you know, violent things or upsetting things. So, you know, I had to do like, like, okay, now we're here in the script. Now we're here in the script. And his stand-in was going to come in and be my eyeline, but he came up to me and said, I'm going to stay here for you for this. And, and it was great. I was like, oh, that's really good and professional. And I appreciate that. It makes it easier, you know? So that was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And you just uh, recently, you did Dr. Death, right? On Peacock? Yes. Yeah. I just did a day on that. And that was really great. Um, you know, working there with those guys. I mean, you know, TV is such a well-oiled machine. I think that was one of the biggest things that that was such a surprise to me going from theater and comedy to television is it's just, you know, you're basically walking in, get out your costume, you go to set, hi, nice to meet you, do your scene and you go home. That's it. Unless you're like a regular on the show and you're there for, you know, 
whatever, forever. Um, you know, it's, it's just a very well-oiled machine. So you don't have a lot of time to connect with people the way I did on Bull. Um, but, you know, it's been good, you know, because it's, it's, it's where you get a lot of your experience, those one day in and outs. You know. I have to ask about working with Brian Dennehy, right? You had oh, a that's yeah. a great story. I got a good one for that. I only worked with him, so it was like a day of shooting, and I played his daughter, and um, he was just really kind, and his knees really hurt from football, <laughs> and just told a lot of great stories, and we were between shooting one of the scenes we were doing a, a few takes and there was a, a break there and I was standing and waiting and he's like you know you should sit down someone needs to get you a seat and I was like no I'm okay I'm fine I'm fine and um he's so then we did the scene again and then we were waiting again he's like I can't stand it and he said the director get her a chair you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh okay so they got me a chair and I sat down and he leaned over and he said there's a little Hollywood for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great moment. I was like, yeah. It was so nice. It was so great. And the director was the director was great. I mean, it was just really funny. Oh, I'm I so glad him. I got to do his last movie with him. Yeah. I, I love him. A great actor. Oh my goodness. <sighs> yeah. So I think like it would have been some opportunity to have even met him. I would have loved to have even met him, but to have yeah. him, I mean, that's got to be. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't even know. I'd auditioned for it, and then I booked it, and then I found out he was in it. Everything's always a secret, you know? You don't yeah, know it yeah. until the last moment. So then I was like, what? You know, and, and kind of it was perfect casting because I sort of looked like I could be Brian Tenney's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. And you've done other stuff. I mean, a lot of other stuff. I mean, uh, Blacklist, uh, Law and Order, uh, mm -hmm. TV. I mean, you've done a ton. Do you have yeah. Do you have a most memorable moment on any TV show that you've done? Like, this is the moment that'll be with me forever. Well, okay. So my first thing I did was a jury, head of the jury again on Law and Order SVU. And Mariska Hargitay was directing. And so I had you know, two lines, which was the verdict or whatever, our, our decision as the jury. And um, sometimes when you have less lines, it's worse. And you sort of obsess over these lines until you're finally, it's your turn to speak, you know? <laughs> and so two lines, you know, and um, first of all, I'll say Mariska Hargitay is great. She's, she's, she really understands actors because she is an actor. And then um, she, she has great sympathy. And, and then at the same time, she's directing and she'll go up and say something to, you know, one of the big stars that's doing something. And then she's like, okay, got that? Okay, great. All right. And she puts on her jacket and she's like, action. And then she sits down and she's in character because she's in the scene too. <laughs> and I just thought, oh boy, that's some improv to be able to like go into director head and then be her character, you know, in the courtroom, like instant, you know, I mean, she's like, she said to the camera guy, she's like, do you see from my waist up? You just see this, you just see this. Cause she was costumed from her waist up and not her <laughs> like her wearing jeans. You know what I mean? So I, so I loved that. That was very memorable. Um, but then it got to be my turn to say my line and they have me stand and I have to say, you know, we find the, you know, the plaintiff guilty or whatever that I said. 
and the camera, you know, the camera's going like this while I'm doing it. And I completely forgot my lines. Uh, and, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot my lines. And Mariska Hargitay stands up in the courtroom and she goes, I knew you were going to be trouble. <laughs> She's totally kidding. But it was like, I was so horrified. Mm. And she was so funny. And she, she laughed, I laughed, and then I relaxed and then it was fine. But that was just, you know, because mm. like I said, it's in and out. So it's nice when you have these moments. Like, um, I love that. I, I, I'll never mm. forget that. It's really nice. I raised my hand again. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar clean. thing. I had something that happened on, on my first uh, lead in an off-Broadway play, which was a long time ago. And uh, I, was, I was a boxer. I played a boxer in a play called Kid Shamrock by Bobby Cassidy. And, uh, and I'm on stage and my girlfriend at the time was in the in the uh, front row of course or in front of the stage and I forgot my line and she knew my line and she goes she goes and the line came back to me and, <laughs> and the line was there I was laying on the canvas <laughs> oh it's really like this like you lay down oh my Which god exactly how I felt I felt like I was laying on the canvas right there <laughs> <gasps> did she run lines with you was she the one who you were All running time. lines with Oh my God. Time. Yeah, it's my friend Carrie. Yeah. What a great story. What a good <laughs> girlfriend. Yes, oh great. But you broke up, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a total different story. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. That ends completely differently. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you did also at Carnegie Hall. Didn't you do Artists for the Cure? You were involved with that. Yes, and you know, that was a long time ago. Boy, Tony, you're really digging back. That was, what did I, I do? did. Oh, you know, that was, I know what that was. It's like I think a bad episode was, of, of This Is Your Life. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm like, what was I doing then? That was back right around 9-11, right before 9-11 happened, because I was producing for a company back then. And Dora May, right? You were doing Dora May production? No, it wasn't Dora May. It was a different company that was, they produced wig stock and a bunch of big concert things. Um, and I was there doing um, introductions for a bunch of celebrities. But that was an improv. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did. You donated your time for that. You know, yeah. you involved with that. That was that's pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, of course, you know, as you go, in, particularly in New York City, there's so much opportunity to help or get involved, or you know, it, there's so many things going on all the time. It's always good to do as much as you can, you know, and you step in when you can, and it's great. Samantha, we're out of time, but. I love you. Um, <laughs> you have and, to come back. And I love you too. <laughs> I love you both. <laughs> I'd love to come back anytime. You must come back because I felt like we didn't even, you know, hit, you know, hit the iceberg, tip the iceberg with you because there's so much you can talk about. You're so, you know, you're so interesting and funny. I, I feel like we just could go on and on. Oh, gosh. Well, we'd all be, I'm already sweaty from just this hour. <laughs> So, but yes, I'd be happy to come back and talk more. Great. Thank you. And thank you thank for joining you. us today. Thank you. Say for everybody here at Manchester, you to know. See ya. Bye. -bye.